So I'm live on YouTube and I'm live on LinkedIn right now. So let's do this. So. Please do help me wish a warm welcome to my co-host on Dispatching Live, Sue. Can you see me and hear me? I can. Can you hear me? So I can, uh, I can hear you. Yeah. And what I'm doing over here is I'm trying to... I, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm live on YouTube. I think I'm live on LinkedIn. It didn't exactly work the way I thought it would, that I had hoped. But, you know, I'm connecting the Christmas tree lights and, gosh, you never know what you're going to get. Gotcha. So, because um, my setting screen doesn't look the way I, I was hoping, but I'm seeing both streams over here on my other computer. And I know that's exciting. So let's get the show started. So this is ATI Auto Business. This is Dispatching Live. This is Thursday. And our show today, what we're doing is we're going to talk about FMCSA unrated carriers with Joe Bercari. Okay. It, it's not an exciting, you know, regulations is not exciting until you have a problem. Right. All right. It's like, like home insurance, fire insurance, earthquake insurance. It's a snooze. Yeah. Until you really need it. And then you get, you know, really passionate on the topic. And unrated carriers, you know this topic. What what do you have to say about unrated? In fact, unrated is a nice way of saying dirtbag carriers. Okay. Yeah, by unrated, what do you mean by, like, what well, do we <laughs> all right. Joe's going to elaborate on this, but... Uh, Sue, what is a dirt bag carrier? I know I just threw you a live curveball, but can you can you can you describe? Well, I mean, I have two different variations of that. <laughs> okay. I mean, okay, so we have the dirt bag carrier that lists loads on Central Dispatch, and and one they're not supposed to, two they don't pay people, or three they take loads from unsuspecting brokers, relist them as their own, and um, do it that way as well. Um, then you also have a dirt bag carrier which what i would consider somebody who takes your car doesn't deliver it doesn't pay you know that kind of thing so i have two different variations <laughs> okay and you know what and, and you know what really sucks is that i'm sure that answer in itself is surprising really there's two types of dirt bag carriers <laughs> right yeah. like that true. shouldn't be the case uh, true there shouldn't yeah. even be one dirt bag carrier let alone two yeah <clears throat> and and they are very different. And if you're, listen, if you're tuning in and you're, oh, here we are. Where, where are we? We're over here. It, uh, if you're tuning in and you're wondering, what's, why are they talking about dirtbag carriers? This is a snooze. I don't care. Well, you will care when dirtbag carrier shows up at your dealership to deliver cars. And yeah. you can't believe. In fact, you hope nobody sees this, right? Yeah. Who is yeah. this guy? What is he doing here? How did he get hired? How do we make sure we never see this guy again? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That would be dirtbag carrier number two. Is that right? True. In, in your, okay. Yeah. Sue, why is dirtbag carrier number two a problem? Well, it, I know. you I know, know. It, they represent a, a whole, let's put it that way, and you have one bad carrier, then it then they think everybody's bad. That would be part of the problem. Okay, that's good. All right, because all right, so and I, I'm looking. I'm 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 gonna keep stirring the pot. I'm looking for some piss and vinegar here because <laughs> I, it it's dirtbag carrier number two that literally makes your job so hard. Yeah, absolutely. Dirtbag carrier number one 
That's the carrier that posts loads and pretends to be a broker, which, by the way, that's crazy, too. Yeah. Uh, but dirtbag carrier number one is a carrier that isn't a licensed broker, therefore yeah. has no business posting loads. Right. And we're not here. This is not, you know, we're not trying to nitpick the law. But if if a carrier posts loads and isn't a licensed broker, then they can do whatever they want. And really good luck getting paid. They, they, there's no they, nothing for you to fall back on. No recourse. No, I mean you can contact the FMCSA, but like oh. I said, I have never had anybody do anything in no. all the years I've done this. We turn them in all the time and never got a response, never got nothing. Yeah. So and I mean, and and dirt bag those dirt bag carriers now dirt bag carrier number one that posts loads might catch wind of these conversations because they know they're avoiding they're flying under a radar. Oh yeah, yeah. But dirtbag carrier number two, just the crappy carriers, maybe uninsured, really yeah. has no business being on the road. No. They aren't listening too. to any of this stuff. No. In fact, I, I, I still want to know how you get their attention. Mm. Where, where? In what circles would you get their attention? Huh. Like... In other scams? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know That's, either. Yeah. And so, and, and, and I point this out because we're talking about a problem that exists without, a, I don't know if there's a solution. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, we know now that Central isn't going to let them post load, so that will stop a lot of that part of it. The rest, I'm no. <laughs> there's probably not. Well, yeah, you're right. Okay, good. So dirtbag carrier number one shouldn't be able to post loads in the future like they've gotten away with. Is right. that right? That's a right. change. That's completely okay. stopped. Okay. That has stopped? Well, I thought that was – it was happening in December something that they would but no it's... longer be able to post loads. <clears throat> right. If okay. didn't have a – well, the way they worded it, this is what bothers me. They worded it as if you didn't have a paid account for that. But it, I told you before – that some of my drivers pay more money than others, and it's so they could post loads. So I don't know if it means completely stopping doing it, because they should be completely stopped. But that, we know how that goes, so. Right. There? Okay. Should be, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm well, I'm monitoring. <laughs> this is uh, interesting. I mean, it, it's not like much has changed, but I will say this, the pre-scheduled live event where I thought this would be streaming, I don't know if it's there. Um, so, hey, if you're watching, and in fact, what happens if I do, if I go to the live chat? Oh, so Michael's here. Michael of Peach Transport is in the YouTube live chat, I believe. And Michael, please say hello if you are seeing me, hearing me, because we're also running, I ran a test yesterday live on LinkedIn, but now I'm running a, a restream live live test where I'm trying to dual cast to YouTube and LinkedIn. Because ATI is growing, and, uh, you know, we got to satisfy demand. It would be great if I knew which camera I was supposed to look at. Um, today's show, FMCSA Unrated Carriers, with Joe Burkari. Joe's going to be up in here. Man, that's already in, like, five minutes or whatever. That's good. Um, load board search advice. Yes, we can still search load boards. Got a couple comments from the website. You might feel queasy. That's dispatching live. I know it's a little strange because it's not a, I don't know. Like who comes live on LinkedIn and starts talking about dirtbag carriers? 
You're right. That's going to make you feel uneasy. Like it's not all hypey and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah stuff. So I, I know, but that's what, you know, this is important. This is news. The, we are the ecosystem's neutral zone. OEM, dealer, auction, carrier, broker, dispatcher on YouTube and LinkedIn. I don't know where else you're going to get all that. But, you know, let me know. Keep me posted. And, in fact, I, I'll tell you this. I've been working on the website. Yeah. I am um, I'm going to be sharing the news sources that I look at. Because ATI is not the only place to get your information. That'd be crazy to say. I get a lot of my information from many different places, and I'm going to do more to share what those sources are, because this is it's an ecosystem. When I say ecosystem, I mean overall. Uh, you have an ecosystem in your office. Correct. Yeah. And there's yeah. things you're talking about. Yeah. And there's things you're not saying. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, gonna, I'm on to you. Auto Transport <laughs> Community Media since 2017. Um, I went through the ecosystem. Okay, uh, last show. We didn't have a show last Thursday. Are you feeling better? Well, believe it or not, I, I, my whole family, me, all got COVID. And oh I, this gosh. is the first day I have actually felt somewhat normal. <laughs> so, yeah, it's oh, been pretty man. rough. It started, I got it the day after Christmas, and it has been horrible i mean we've all been just my son got it right before christmas i got it right after christmas and then janice just got it two days ago <laughs> so new in new year's day she's when she got it so yeah wow. we're just having lots of fun and just sick as i mean i have been sick as a dog wow. like this is the worst it's probably since the very first time i got covid that's how bad it was the only difference was it was just this is weird is i didn't get any of the the throat stuff or the breathing stuff, mine was all just puking. I've lost my sense of smell, my sense of taste, and just worn out. You know, like how you get when you're just so tired you don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah, about two hours in, I'm done kind of thing. So, But it'll pass. You know how that goes. This is, I think, my sixth time of having it. So, That's crazy. Yeah, I know. Um. Uh, and I'll tell you why. So I was just, oh man, I refreshed and the screen went away. I was just seeing some of the comments. Um, Danny B is here. Hi, Michael Danny. is here. Um, me and so word. I know it's all discombobulated. I'm gonna keep going. So okay, so two weeks since you didn't feel well, and I'm so glad that you're. Man, I should have checked with you. Thanks for, you know. <laughs> Putting up with me. <laughs> no, you're fine. I just, I really didn't know that's what it was until I lost my sense of taste and smell. And I hadn't left my room. I honestly got, I didn't, I looked at, because I have Life 360. I don't know if everybody knows what that is. So I can keep track yeah, of my kid. But anyways, <laughs> so I said I hadn't left my house in seven days. <laughs> cause wow. I'm like, I bet I haven't because I've been so damn sick. I didn't even get, I didn't even see the light of day for the first four. I never left my bed. <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> so this is so funny. Okay. So my stream started before I knew it was started, and Gina sent me an email. I'm on your show before you started. You got a lot of coughing and grunting going on. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So that was at 11.59, and um, yeah, it's so this whole restream thing. Me. It's weird. Yeah, it's well, not even showing me anybody in the live chat except for mine and Peach well, Transport. And I, hey, I Peach can't, Transport. I can't see mine. This is all crazy. 
But we are, we are still, we're, uh, clearly we were live when I was coughing and grunting, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, it, it happens, I will tell you, just like, you know, la, 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 and seashells, she sells, you know, yeah, I do some clearage before I go live, usually. Uh, anyways, two weeks ago, Retailing Fresh Inventory, that was a really great show. Um, and let's see, show me the truck. I don't have a, I don't have truck stuff. Well, I'm going to roll some video. Danny, okay. or, or David, sent me this. Let's see here. <laughs> LinkedIn's like, man, he coughs and grunts. <laughs> okay, so I took out the audio because I didn't want to get, like, demonetized. Right. But we've seen this video, right? We've, I think we saw this a few weeks ago. But this is... Now, This it's not like there's anything wrong with this carrier. But you don't want that to happen. So oh, yeah. Don't oh, cheap my out. God. I know. Don't cheap out. That's, and I'm not saying this guy was a cheap, I don't know, you know, but I do know, you know, people with nice cars cheap out all the time and then you get this and, you know, I, well, what, and here's the thing. How do you not know you that you get what you pay for? Well, and that's the thing. I don't know if they know that. If you think about it, okay, the average person doesn't understand how this business works, right? So they get online and they request a quote. They don't know who they're dealing with. So, of course, whoever is going to be giving the quote is going to give them, you know, from, let's say, a range from $200 up in between all of them. The normal person, of course, is going to pick the cheapest one. They don't know that, oh, there's subpar people out there that may do exactly that <laughs> to your car. Like, I had a conversation with the, and I don't know who this was. They just texted me out of the blue. And they're like, I want to move a car from, I think it's Pennsylvania to Austin, Texas, or something crazy like that. And it's an in-op. And I only want to pay $750. I said, there's no way that's going to happen. And I said, you have to understand, if I put something on there that cheap and you get a subpar transporter because of it and they damage your car, that is why it happens. And they're like, well, can you get me one that, that um, is a good carrier for $800? i am like, uh, no, I'm telling you 12 right now. What's the likelihood, right? But it, it's like they don't understand. They don't but, grasp it. But they, but this is a fallacy, okay? I'm hitting the buzzer, okay. all right? Because that's not true. That's social engineering. That's manipulation, and oh, it borders well, yeah. on lies. You do not walk into a steakhouse... Sit down, right. order the lobster thermidor, and say, I only want to pay this much. Well, true. Nobody but, does that. But you're dealing you're talking about this is my my theory. Okay. If you're going in to buy it from a dealership, they get it. They tell you. You know what I mean? Uh, but they still try to dictate rates. Well, too. yeah, they still try to dictate Everybody the price, tries to but, dictate rates. Well, that that but is true. You and I don't understand that part of it. No, well, like, that's other than be, that's they're trying to get it cheaper because they spent so much money on the cars or whatever. You there's know, this assumption that, that whatever, yeah. and this is, this has to be a social problem if it's this pervasive. Right. Right. And I'm not here to clean up. <laughs> well, and nobody, there's nobody to teach them this except for the broker that they call or you know what i mean or the the dealership they're standing in front of right and if both of them are sitting there going cheap 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 they're you know cheap 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 
I mean, even I, like I, I've told you guys this story. I have a customer that's in New Jersey. He's one of my snowbirds back and forth. He owns an insurance company. Does that tell you anything? And so he has a Rolls Royce. Oh, no, maybe a Flying Spur now. Flying Spur. Flying Spur. Yeah. He still wants that bitch cheap. I'm not kidding you. Like, I tell him $1,500 to take it enclosed. I don't need it enclosed. I'm like, what? You know what I mean? What? <laughs> so it's like that kind of stuff. And it, it doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> it doesn't. No, it doesn't matter. And in fact, even talking about it is a waste of our time. Yeah. It yeah. is. True. And I. Let's go to commercial. Let's do this. Let's bring in <laughs> Joe Bercari. We're going to talk about FMCSA unrated carriers. Do me a favor, stick okay. around. We'll be right back. Are you completely stressed out from all the calls and the contracts and the verifications of loads where nobody ever answers the phone? Call Murphy Auto Dispatch Services today. Murphy Auto Dispatch Services has over 15 years in the transport industry. We are your office while you are on the road. We book, we verify, and we bill out your loads for you. We have an excellent accounting staff and an even better dispatch team. Give us a call today at 417-273-0021. Or if you want to email me, it's murphyautotransport31 at yahoo.com. Give us a call today. Station identification, one, two, three, mic check. Uh, my name is Jay. This is ATI Auto Business. We are live streaming on YouTube and LinkedIn right now. So it's a little bit different of a show. However, that is the voice of Sue. She is my co-host. I'm over here. I'm even making audio changes while I talk because my microphone decided that it wanted to change its settings. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, if you're just joining, you are lucky. You are very lucky because we have once again, but on the first time on Dispatching Live. It's first time? Hey, Joe, is this the first time to have you on Dispatching Live on a Thursday? Yes. First time on a Thursday. Joe Bercari. What's going on? Yeah, so uh, as you were saying, uh, now Sue meet Joe. Joe meet Sue. Hey, Joe. I think we've been on a couple shows together before. Oh, good. Yeah, Joe's yep. been on a lot on yeah. a Tuesday. And, and, yeah, nights, yeah. Yeah, on the Tuesday and on and, uh, the Friday a couple times. Oh, yes. Loading a nine-car hauler live. That was a great show. That was my favorite. Yeah, that was a really, really, really good show. If you haven't seen Loading a Nine-Car Hauler Live, um, I highly recommend it. You can search it on ATI Auto Business. All right, so, yeah, so we were talking about dirt bag carriers. Joe, yep. <laughs> what is – can I can – I, I mean, here's the thing. I want to clarify because I know, like – uh it's not a popular thing to say it although i think some most people should appreciate because they know us they know other truckers that they don't think you know their equipment's shoddy they don't have you know strong work ethic right and it how do you point out the bad apple how do you even do that well if you're watching ati you're probably not a dirtbag carrier because you already care more about the community <laughs> than a, a dirtbag carrier would. Harming. Yeah. So start there. Um, I think, you know, what I what I would define a dirtbag carrier, I, I like the first, you know, the first iteration of the, the carrier that just does shady things uh, on on brokerages and stuff like that. That's, that's a real thing. Um, and you have to be very diligent to watch for that. But I think also, too, um, uh, I would define uh, a dirtbag carrier as someone that, 
sort of a short termer. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't really care about the rules or just does everything they can to dodge the rules. And the bad part about it is, is that they create an environment where um, the carriers that try and do it the right way, that try and comply with the regulations, that try and keep all of our records the right way, that make sure that we're not underinsured, that protect our, ourselves, protect our assets, protect our, our people, protect the industry. Um, you know, the, the carriers that don't do all those things, um, those are the ones that I think are, are what I would call dirtbag. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, we've seen a lot of new, uh, new people in the business that don't have that degree of professionalism that I think a lot of us uh, expect and should expect. And um, I think my uh, rant today uh, is going to revolve around how the regulatory bodies that are supposed to protect the industry for those of us that are doing it the right way are kind of falling down on the job. And I'm not going to say, well, you know, get too deep into the fault and blame game and all that other stuff, but to understand a problem, you have to recognize there's a problem first. And I, I think that's where I'm going with this. Um, I think what is also noteworthy is that Sue and I are normally looking at the secondary market, used cars, mm -hmm. posted on load boards, where, Joe, you are normally focused on the primary market, new cars, mm -hmm. automakers. So we are talking about different markets in some ways. Yeah, but, but they cross over a lot. And, you know, uh, what you see, what we see a lot, especially with the, the prevalence of load boards and, you know, the centraldispatch.com and all those kind of things, is that um, it, it's now a very viable uh, uh a very viable business plan to have uh, auctions and used cars going in one direction and then OEM spot traffic from another place going a different direction. And then, you know, you link that up and, you know, merge all these things together. Well, you're talking about two potentially very different price structures and that can upset the apple cart between the two industries an awful, awful lot, especially when the, we'll go, again, go back to the, dirtbag carrier notion uh, where these where these people are underpricing the business and driving rates down below reasonable expectations and levels once again for those of us that understand the business and know and know that we have to keep pricing at a certain level to be able to you know to, to be able to cover our costs and deal with our overhead and pay our people the right way you know you you have these actors out there that are doing the opposite of that driving prices into the ground mm -hmm. And you know, if you're a customer and you see and you see a you know a $400 uh, 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 estimate or a $200 estimate, which one are you going to go for? Mm. You know, you're going to go for the cheaper one, of course. Yeah. And not and your your assumption would be that you're going to have an equal degree of service between those between those two bids. But that's not what really happens. Uh, and so the the industry is then the industry. I think Sue said it earlier has a tendency to suffer over the sins of the of the bad actor, even though the tremendous majority of carriers probably are good actors, you know, the reputable ones that are do, trying to do it the right way. And actually, Jay, I liked your video about the, you know, the, the, the person with the $100,000 uh, uh, car that, that they tried to get the lowest possible price on to get it delivered from uh, 
from place A to place B. And then we were just shocked, shocked to find out that the, that the service was substandard. Well, no kidding. You know, you went chasing after someone without any degree of, of credentials and just chased that bottom dollar. Well, you do kind of get what you pay for. So, not going to say that, that you can't but, always find a good deal, but you do well, get what you pay for. That's why I, I, I want to take a moment of pause. Uh, why is anybody surprised when you <laughs> fight for a cheaper rate, you get a cheaper rate? I don't understand that. But we're not because we're in the industry. Is that what it is? But and, but don't we know? I mean, I don't know. If I if I get a really cheap flight, I mean, well, I don't know. Do you think I'm, you're going to blow up in a place of glory? Well, do I think mean? I'm going to get first class service? I mean, well, yeah, you're probably you're, no. You're, you're you're probably not going to get Maverick at the front of the airplane if you're going to pay for it. <laughs> I mean, but I know that. That's hilarious. But, I don't know. Yeah. And listen, I don't when, think most people do, though, Jay, because they're not doing what we do. So I don't think they get it. I like this. I like this. You know, opposite. But okay. But everything else, like fast food. Although that's iron. That's irony too. Now you drive through fast food drive through, and your and your your meal's twenty bucks, and you're <laughs> eating, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I I don't know. Like, aren't there a lot of products in our lives? where we understand intrinsic value we know when we're probably getting what are they if it's too good to be true it probably is what no one's ever heard that before you get what you pay for now is this the purpose of fortune cookies to let people in on common sense yeah but see is that common sense to the average person that's never moved a car I mean, how many times do you pick up a car and they've loaded it up like you're, it's a moving truck? They didn't, and they were never told, and they didn't even think that that might be not okay. I mean, they well, all freak out. To, to Sue's point, I mean, you know, it's all what's what's relative to us. It's we understand what's yeah. relative because we deal with. I don't know what you, what KPI you use, Sue, but you know, if you're if I'm looking at the revenue per loaded mile on a particular truckload. Mm-hmm. That you know, relative, and and then I see something show up on one of the load boards that says, you know, I've got this load, and it and it travels the same distance as, uh, you know, w- where you've got two things to 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 compare. You can mm-hmm. look at the one and go, oh my gosh, that that uh, that pays a fortune, or oh my gosh, that pay that you know doesn't that's not worth my time, and so on. Right. So we understand that relative big thing because we're in it every single day. We're looking at it every single day. Um, the average consumer, number one, doesn't understand what the cost of a truckload is because they don't know what the cost of a truck is. And the, the market is so oversaturated with the diversity of trucks between, <coughs> excuse me, between, uh, you know, three car carriers, you know, high mounts, five and six car unit uh, loads, stingers with nine unit loads and so on and so forth. You know, that that diversity is is beyond the scope. And, you know, why would it be? in scope to the average customer. Why would they need to know what the average cost of a car carrier is relative to an 18 wheeler that, you know, or a moving truck or a straight truck or anything like that. So, you know, that, that's, that's what you're up against. You're dealing with some, with, with just people who are ignorant of the financial realities of this business. And so to us, it's obvious as the, as the sunshine. I still have a hard time believing some of this. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> but okay all right let me let me do it this way maybe they're not properly educated on what is a reasonable rate that's probably true true yeah i agree that's how does true. that go undiscussed when 
when somebody is seeking car shipping, and I'm talking, I always think of POV. It's the easiest, because this is the one that gets Googled. And you know, you know why I think of POV? Oh my God, I just made myself laugh. I'm going to watch, I'm going to do this. We're moving uh, out of order. Okay. So remember how I was sharing like, uh, kind of dumb blogs, like bloggy blogs, like how great everything is. Oh my gosh. All right. Um, like this, there's this guy, I guess he had a lot of time over New Year's Eve and he's going to be blogging a lot. Um, dynamic venture. This is just a bloggy blog of just bloggy blog. This is just marketing link juice hype. And I know because I used to work in link juice hype SEO about 10, 15 years ago. Grand entrance. This is again, nobody's going to read this. There's no point in reading this. It's just, you know, it's bloggy blog. Remarkable. You know, unleashing a new era and unveiling a new chapter. It, there, there's so much time and energy spent on the hype rather than the information. Is that what's happened? Welcome to 2024. <laughs> because you know, you'd think that somebody would say, "Hey, you know what? This is a this is a this is a good rate. This is a normal rate." I don't know. Well, we used to say that it was Hollywood that was all plastic and had no real substance, but now it's the whole internet, apparently. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> Did, it, what, what would help people know if it's uh, you? You know, uh, unfortunately, it's the same with auto shipping as it is with so many other things in life, which is you're going to have to do your research, take your time, ask people who are educated, uh, and. Or, or who are at least knowledgeable, and uh, you know, and then make okay. a, make the best informed decision you can. Okay, basically, the reality nothing is good's going to happen. Then, listen, yeah. if I order cigars and they tack on eight dollars shipping, I'm like, okay. Now that's more than I'm paying for like Prime and Amazon and cheap shipping, and I wonder if that's what's happened, because when people, when somebody orders fast food burger on DoorDash and pays double just to get that burger delivered to their house then go get the burger. They know. Sure. They understand the cost of shipping. People still do it. So it's not that people won't do it. Right? People right. spend $8 for a cup of coffee, which I thought I'd never see in my right. life. But... And they might spend 16 to have it delivered. Yeah. <laughs> which you could just True. get a coffee maker. But be a hell of a cup of coffee for sixteen bucks. But, but people sure. would do that. My, that's my point. People know what's going on. It's not like they've never shipped before and don't know the value of things. Well, but it's but don't yeah. you think the most the average person has never shipped a car before? Correct. Okay. So that's but, why I'm saying I don't think the average person would know how this business works or what to expect unless you got a good broker that explained it all to you and you know and i know that doesn't happen <laughs> all right so i want to go to that so sue you're a broker yeah. at times how yeah. do you explain to a customer kind of from the outset what reasonable so if they've shipping never costs. shipped before and yeah. like, like I, I well i kind of explained that i got a random text and he wants to only pay this and i explained to him that you know First off, I don't think it'll move for that. Secondly, if it's going to move for that, it's going to be a bad carrier that you may get damaged, you may not get damaged. You may show up with the car, or they may not show up with the car. Not that I'm going to work with anybody like that, but I'm just, I was explaining it to this guy um, that, you know, 
just because it's cheap doesn't make it good, you know, that kind of thing. And then I also always use, if they've never hauled, we explain to them that they can't put their, you know, crap in their car as a moving truck. We explain to them how the bill of lading works. You know, you want a signature at pickup, a signature at delivery after everybody does the, the, you know, inspections and stuff. But I guarantee you that's not average. I guarantee you it's a packet they send to the, the, you know, the person when they sign up and ask for a quote, we're going to send you this packet and it's all in there. And you know, no, who reads any of that stuff? Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody. I mean, you're only going to have a few people, some grannies out there going, making sure all the uh, the I's are dotted and everything else. But most people aren't going to read that. How many contracts do you read when you sign up for a uh, pretty much anything? (laughs) Do you read? I mean, when you go to buy a car, does everybody read all that stuff? I don't. You know, you everybody has the basic idea of it. But most people who like move a car like before I did this industry I would have ever known that eight, there's even people that do this I meet people out on the street that ask me what I do because I'll they'll help me talking on the phone and they're like what do you do and I'll tell them they're like I didn't even know there was such a thing you know they see the trucks but they don't well, pay attention I agree you know with I mean? you well in dispatching is a shadow industry of a shadow industry right. so um, well, usually I'm talking about the brokerage part of it. Well, and explaining that. another and shadow. They, yeah, yeah. Well, true, and then that's what Which, I mean. They don't really know. That's how the, a car gets to point A to point B, until they have to actually move their own vehicle or they bought a vehicle or something like that. We're gonna, um, Joe. I'm gonna get to your slide deck here in a second, and I want to set it up a little bit. I was looking at. Um, uh, while I was doing the bloggy blog stuff, I was looking at okay. Now, FMCSA is talking about reviving new entrant rulemaking. It's not the same thing, but it's, you know, tied. And then Georgia, did you see this about Georgia deciding to tackle driver shortage? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, in this article, it's almost a joke because, wait, if what if it doesn't exist? What are they tackling? But nonetheless, a Senate, a Senate study committee on truck driver shortage, uh, I guess, exists. Or has concluded? I don't know. They're tackling... Georgia can lead the nation in tackling truck driver shortage. It's kind of funny. Um, And then there's information about it. So I started clicking around and reading information. Yes, there's a Senate at senate.ga.gov committee. You can find presentations and documents on the Joint Study Committee to study driver shortage. Um, then in the Georgia General Assembly, there's a list of all the senators that are on the Senate Truck Driver Shortage Study Committee. And then, I suppose, a resolution creating the Senate Truck Driver Shortage. This is hilarious, actually. This is our government at work investigating Definitely. truck driver shortage. And uh, so then there's this series of videos. If you really want to sleep well... Uh, you can go to Vimeo.com, and I, I, I actually grabbed... I'm going to share this link. I want people to go here and add to the view count, which should be very small, to watch these uh, bedtime stories. Uh, there's the Vimeo link. You've got a three-hour Senate study committee on truck driver shortage in September. You've got a two-hour in August, uh, one almost two-hour in November, Oh, and another, well, 20 minute in November. I mean, what are they, what are they, I know I'm speculating live, but what in the world? And then just to add the cherry on top, driver recruitment success hinges on freight turnaround. Well, how can there be, Joe, where, what, what is going on here? Is there a truck driver shortage? 
Well, how do you know? Um, the ATA has been saying there's been a truck driver shortage for 25 years, and um, yet things still move. They maybe don't move as fast as you want to, or maybe they don't cost the same as you'd like it to, but they they move. Um, there probably is a, a truck driver shortage in the United States, but I think it's more rooted in demographics than it is in any other political agenda. Uh, Americans are having less children over the last 35, 40 years, whatever it's been. We've been moving closer to cities, moving further away from rural areas. And so, you know, the population growth today is not the same as it was in 1970 or 1950 or 1930 or whatever. So uh, I, I think that there probably is some sort of shortage component to that. But it's I think it's really more about demographics than anything else. Plus, remember, you know, we uh, we make the mistake a lot about judging manpower in the United States and labor on the whole uh, through the lens as though nothing has ever changed. That is to say, uh, the the labor statistics in 1980, let's just say, pick a, pick a year, uh, 80, 1990, 2000, 2010, and today, we make the assumption that, that, that nothing has changed. Well, that's not true. Efficiency in the United States has historically gotten better every single year. Productivity for the American worker has nearly never declined. I think, I think the pandemic might have been the anomaly of all that, but 2020 was an anomaly for a lot of things. But, you know, um, so productivity has radically increased. Mechanization has radically increased. You know, so, yeah, maybe there have been less workers, laborers, you know, people driving, what have you. But mechanization and robotization and all of those kinds of things, they've all changed a lot. And, and I think that that has had some sort of, of, of uh, component to the, to the cocktail here. Uh, well, so, how, about, how about what's a driver? Well, yeah, driver and driver. You know, I read a statistic somewhere, and I, I, I wish I had kept it. Um, probably be germane to this discussion. But the number of people that have been disqualified because of, um, of uh, regulatory uh, uh, brick walls, uh, and I'm talking about like drugs and alcohol and things like that, uh, is really high, uh, higher today than it's been ever before. So in theory, you would think that that means that America's roads are safer. It's not what we're really seeing. Um, but a lot of people have been disqualified from the job and simply can't come back because, you know, their CDLs are no longer available or they can't get a new CDL because of whatever restrictions and things like that that have hit, taken place. Um, I, again, I don't know. It, it, <laughs> Well, this is a real touchy subject. There are you a lot point of out why it's hard to measure. I mean, well, again, there's a lot of nuance there. Yeah. And, you know, also too, uh, railroads and what they can do and, you know, the way that they operate today is not the same as what they, the way that they operated 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. So the efficiencies that they have in logistics and, and railroads have a, a huge impact on how logistics, not just in automobiles, but in general. Um, uh, how all of that is handled. It's a, it's a, it's a really, really substantial thing. So, you know, you, you really can't look at one piece of the picture and say, oh yeah, let's target that. You know, that, that's a, that's a real concern because it, there's a lot of nuance. Everything really does have that, you know, this, this inner interlacing to it. Let's do this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share. That was a comment. I'll share that in a bit. 
So we're talking about what? What are we talking about here? FMCSA annual reporting. Take it away, Jim. So, so this is uh this this started uh, when I stumbled across a FreightWaves article in which the FMCSA uh, this would have been in early December of 2023. They were discussing how uh, they felt like they needed to change something because uh, their qualifications. Um, were, were just not hitting the mark. They, they, they felt like there was something missing. They were using 2022's pocket data guide, which is compiled in the middle of 2023, uh, to, to make this assumption. Now, I went and took a look, and it looks like we, we in January 2024, we now have a 2023 pocket guide. So the, year, the information is a little bit more current. It goes up until 2022. Um, and when you really dive into this is like a 55 page uh, report of everything that the FMCSA and DOT uh, measures. Some of it's useful, some of it's not. Some of it's you know really kind of outside of the scope of, of automobiles and trucking on the whole. But it kind of gives you some uh, some guide points of you know what what is the FMCSA's data showing? Is anything changing? Is it better or, or worse? And you, you know that's what you're really looking for are the changes. And the results don't look good, uh, in my estimation, from what I can see. And I, I, I spent a lot of time going through this 50-page this report, mainly because I'm a metrics nerd, and I, I kind of enjoy reading this kind of craziness and turning this crazy amount of data into something that's useful and interesting. Um, but uh, I picked probably four uh, key things that I saw that tell me that the FMCSA, they, they really need to do some uh, to some soul searching and some thinking, because I don't think that they are protecting the good actors in the industry, such as such as Midwestern, and I'm sure uh, as, as such as Murphy, uh, f from the rest of the industry that is, let's call them dirtbag carriers, if you like. But uh, we'll go into the, those particulars here um, a little more. So let's jump over to the next slide here. So all of these carriers. It, that uh, that are registered with a DOT number have a rating. Uh, that rating is is one of three things typically: satisfactory, unsatisfactory, or conditional. Okay, it's a it, when you go to a scale house as a driver, and they run your DOT number, they get one of these three responses back: satisfactory, unsatisfactory, or conditional. But this is the FMCSA's own report here. This is what they are showing of the carriers listed, 793,000 carriers listed. There are 747,000 that have no rating at all, which means that they are not sat they are not satisfactory, unsatisfactory or conditional when they run when the the officer runs that DOT number, they have no guidance as to whether or not this carrier has any history of violations, whether it is tickets for the driver or condition reports for the vehicle. They could flag a driver that uh, by that has had seven or eight speeding tickets or has never filled out a log and have absolutely no idea that that truck really needs to have a, a deep dive level one inspection. And that is a problem. Why is it a problem? Because the carriers that have been around for more than a couple of years, at some point, they do accumulate that rating. 
Midwestern has a rating. Okay, that, that's part of our safe stat scores. Um, we have to work very hard to keep our scores in a favorable rating so that that way we are able to keep our drivers moving. I don't ever mind getting an inspection because we work our butts off to make sure that our equipment is up to snuff and, that, and we work our butts off to make sure that the drivers are, are following the FMCSA uh, guidelines. However, not everybody does. And uh, the DOT or the FMCSA here is essentially saying, look, we know there's a problem. We know there's a huge gap of carriers that have no rating. We know because we didn't rate them. And then furthermore, <clears throat> they indicate that in order for them to get a rating, they have to go through an audit, whether it is an on-site or what they call an off-site audit, which is a, you know, a remote audit, which means they look into your, your metrics and make a determination of whether or not they have to go deeper into, uh, into your company or not. Well, clearly they're not doing either of those things because there are 747,000 carriers of which 700,000 of them are interstate freight carriers. These are companies that cross state lines that do not have one of those three key ratings. It's a big deal. And by the way, if you don't think that that impacts the price of, of, of freight rates, it absolutely does. Because if a carrier is not getting dinged for violations that they, are, that they should be getting dinged by our regulatory uh, bodies, then you know, they're going to operate with the, the least possible insurance, the lowest pay, uh, you know, they'll basically neglect the equipment and run it into the ground. And you end up with exactly the, what we talked about before, where you're, you're getting cheap freight rates and, and just lousy service in general. It's a bad deal for those of us that are trying to do it the right way. <laughs> Questions? Guess not. <laughs> you jump check. to the next okay, slide. Okay, there we go. So, uh, okay, so we talk, as we talk about, I think <laughs> one of the most talked about topics, and Sue chime in on this, is rates. Why are the rates so bad? Right? Isn't that like almost topic number one? I see it on Facebook every day. Uh, right, okay. So, and we might need a Senate committee hearing on why the rates are so bad. Call Georgia. Um, they seem to be doing yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Let's get a hold of Georgia. Um, by the way, we'll get an Americans Having Less Children Task Force. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the comedy of task forces. Do we need a task force to understand that? If Yeah, as you point out, if most carriers, because this sounds like, I mean, this is, a, what, over 80%, 90% if you're at 700,000? That's if, a big oh, number. Okay, if over 80 percent of all carriers are unregulated and again i'm not a i'm not a super legal you know i don't wake up thinking about you know insurance and legal ramifications but in this case it would seem that if you have over 80 percent of carriers doing whatever they want that's going to drive rates down well so that's exactly right jay but um but the thing is the devil's in the details here the number of carriers that are unrated, and we'll see it on the next slide, the number of, of carriers that are one power unit is the tremendous, tremendous, tremendous majority of, of, um, right. uh, one, of FMCSA. One, one truck Charlie one makes truck up most carriers. 
So and now right. now again going back to the to the qualifications that move you from no rating to rating, you have to have had a compliance review or comprehensive on-site investigation to get a rating. Okay, and if you are less than a certain number of years, the FMCSA simply cannot. They don't have time to get to you to be able to assign you a rating based upon their on-site or comprehensive off-site review. The reason why is because the number of new carriers entering into the industry is, is greater than the number of inspectors that are capable of being able to follow up on all of this stuff. It's not that these carriers are showing up at the scales and the, and, and the DOT number doesn't register. It's that it's not showing the conditional or unsatisfactory that could potentially be hung to a carrier that is not doing the right thing. These carriers could be doing all the right things too, by the way, they could be absolutely satisfactory, but they're falling into no rating. In other words, the agent that's standing on the DOT, uh, standing there representing the, the DOT, the state DOT or the FMCSA, has absolutely no idea whether this carrier has a history or doesn't. Okay. So, and if that history is good right, or bad. I'm, I wanna pause then. Okay, so how do we have a driver shortage <laughs> if there's so many carriers, we can't even get to them all? Yes. Well, it, there you have it. Again, I mean, it's a, there's a lot of sense. nuance to that discussion. <laughs> well, I should call the Senate Georgia Committee. They could bang the gavel and be done with it. But who wants that? Huh? <laughs> Job security. So a good time to jump to the next slide here. Oh, uh, yeah. Good. Jay, because actually this really does illustrate the point. And, you know, you'll see... This one? In 2019, pre-pandemic, yeah. okay. there were 602,000 carriers, of which I, I gotta, I'm gonna have to look over here, so because you're you're blocking my thing here, but yeah, of which 289,000 are one power unit carriers. That's true. That's the majority of of carriers that are out there. Look at 2022. We're at 813. Thousand carriers now in 2022 with 445,000 single uh, one power unit carriers. Those are your owner operators with one or, or you know one truck in their in their fleet. Entrep entrepreneurs, business people. Now take a look at what at the number of inspections that took place in 2019 pre pre pandemic. 3.35 million driver inspections with five percent out of service rate. 2.38 million vehicle inspections with a 20% vehicle out of service rate. That The difference between the two is the driver inspection is going to be looking for things like logs, violations, or, uh, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, the, the vehicle inspections, that's looking for bad tires, brakes, federal PMs not completed, things like that. Now, take a look at 2022. 2.87 million inspections on drivers with a higher out-of-service rate than 2019. It's, it's, it's steadily increasing, steadily. And 2 million inspections on vehicles with a 22% increase, also steadily increasing. So we've increased the number of carriers by 35% in the, next, in the last three years, but we have lost the frequency of inspections, 
since that same time. Basically, after 2020, it's like the FMCSA threw up their hands and gave up and said, yep, to heck with it. We can't possibly keep up. We're not going to bother trying. (laughs) These these are the guys that are out there to try and catch the bad actors. Now, let's take aside the idea of those that just dodge scales and do all of those nefarious things. You know, you're never going to have, you know, never going to get away from that type of of behavior. Bad actors are going to be bad actors. But the FMCSA is not scaling up its resources to be able to keep pace with the number of carriers that are out there. All They have a big blitz every year. I never understood why it is that the the FMCSA would announce, guess what, next month is blitz month. (laughs) Doesn't that defeat the purpose of the blitz? It has to be a legal requirement. I've wondered that too. Right. I mean, is that it doesn't bother me. Inspect them. Inspect mine all you want. Yep. Yeah. I'll take my lumps when I'm wrong and I'll fix the ones that, that I need to. But the, the law, I, I can say with a high degree of confidence that we are going to follow the law and do it the right way. We're not. But obviously, they're not even keeping pace with the with the increases to the marketplace. And so I, I just want to share. I just saw on a streaming service an advertisement for Border Patrol. You're talking about another government agency that can't keep up with demand. Okay, right? So, I don't want to propose a solution, but I find that really interesting that you talked about that. Well, I I think what I want to get to, and and the devil's always in the details. Uh, I say this all the time. Um, so jump to the next slide for a second here. And and I want to say the reason why this is important is to see what it is they're actually finding. And if and, and this is in the, the, the this has really not changed in the last several years. And it and it tells me that this is a systemic problem within the FMCSA. And that is that the largest violations that they put vehicles out of service for is inoperable lamps. And it's not close. It's double the next line down, which is uh, a proof of periodic inspection or a federal PM card. Okay, <laughs> 372,000 violations what? for lamps. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Joe, I have never seen that statistic. It's it's free. You can find it online. I downloaded it. I'll email it to you. You can get it all. How so? So this is what our regulatory bodies are spending their time chasing: is lamps and turn signals. Now, this isn't to say those aren't important; they absolutely are. But for those of the road warriors that are out there that that see, that are living this every single day, that are out there on America's highways, think about the number of times where you saw something pass you. That was obviously a commercial hauler that needed to be under the that, that definitely fell under the FMCSA regulations and sat there and said, I don't think that should be on the road. <laughs> well, apparently, unless it has a faulty, inoperable lamp, it's probably not. <laughs> but man, look at the service. lamps on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Pro- the, the, the gooseneck might be being held together by a come along and some and some <laughs> grab chains, but 
but as long as the lamps are working, carry on. And, and I guess that's the point that I'm making. And I'm, I make fun of it a little bit, but actually it really highlights a bigger point. Uh, uh, to me, what this tells me is that the FMCSA is really not training their people to know what to look for. Um, you know, th this is a situation, in my opinion, where uh, shame on you guys for sending these people out into the world with a clipboard and a ticket book and then not really telling them what matters in terms of, of, a, of, a, of a deep level inspection. This isn't to say that these are bad people or that there aren't very good inspectors out there that are looking for these important things, because obviously there are. They're far, they found 75,000 uh, uh, tires that were defective and needed to be replaced. Um, but the things that tend to really drive accidents, fatigue, um, you know, that, you know, poor tire tread, inoperable, non-functional brakes. I, I, there is something on there for uh, uh, brakes out of adjustment that can mean many things. Um, th it just seems like they're not really focusing on that stuff. <clears throat> they're really hyper-focusing on, on things that are, yes, important. There's a reason those rules are there, but how many accidents are caused by a loose fire extinguisher as opposed to a, you know, bad tire tread yeah, the on, loose, on the inside the rear tire of a trailer? Fire extinguisher. Buddy, we need to take everything off the trailer and, you know, come around back. You got a loose fire extinguisher. Yeah. You know, again, not trying to throw these folks under the bus. They're, they work their butts off and they're, they have, they're handed an impossible job. In my opinion, what's happening is, is that these people are just not getting the training they need. They don't know what to look for. And I've had that feedback from drivers where they'll tell me, you know, the inspector, he was as green as green could be. He walked around the truck. You know, he really you could tell he was just kind of poking at things, but he really didn't know what he was looking for. And if a driver sees that <laughs> experienced driver sees that, what do you think he's telling well, the buddies? And there is this one blows my mind. There's like a 70 minute video on YouTube of like a thorough inspection. Mm -hmm. That's how long it takes to do a super thorough rubbed, cracked. What's the whole? And they look at everything, you know, and they with the stick and the check and the depth and the, and I mean, it is, I actually thought, oh my God, I don't even know. Can you imagine sign, well, trying to sign up for this job and getting trained? How in the world does that work? You, you have to become an expert in, but, but the thing of it is, is that there are, there are, there are flags here. Okay. So let's go back to the, to the, to the slide. Number two, operating a CMV without proof of periodic inspection. That usually means that there isn't a, a federal PM or, or annual card in, in the, uh, in the vehicle. That's a very large number, 187,000 out of service rates. But the thing of it is, if you're operating without a federal PM card, probably, one or more of these other very important things, such as tires, such as brakes adjustment, such as, you know, such as headlights, such as windshield wipers are also defective. If you see that one, that means that probably well, something else has been neglected. So you would think that those other KPIs would be much, 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 much higher. I'm not sure they're looking. I can't say they're looking. And I think that's a tragedy. Well, that's an interesting point. Um, I mean, we've now entered speculation, but mm -hmm. uh, that is an interesting point. Well, if you if you had 187,000 instances of, of no proof of periodic inspection, 
then wouldn't that lead the officer to believe that there wasn't one? And if there wasn't one, then probably something was being neglected. That that would be the logic. It's, it's real. Yes, it's speculation, but I would say it's well, it's worthwhile. Pretty, pretty I, good and, logic. And as we talk about this, because the FMCSA, unfortunately, we're left, you know, just to surmise whatever we think it is. You know, we know that we got Poot, we know that Pete Buttigieg is a face of FMCSA. I'm so, I'm what was his that's... What was his transportation experience? What did I, he do before I, he was Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary? Good question. And. In well, his day-to-day, he's, I'll, yeah, I'm gonna be, yeah, it'd be great. I'll keep talking. Sue, feel free to jump in. But I think this is important too. Is I mean, what do we? What? What? You've got okay. You have your DOT officers on the ground, right? Right. In the way stations, doing inspections. By the way, who who's pulling over a truck in the in the black Yukon? Is that a DOT officer? Uh, it could be federal. Okay, so that could be federal. So you got the federal and DOT. Are those state officers? Beg pardon. Are, is DOT state? Well, that's federal. DOT is typically state. FMCSA is federal. Okay. All right. Most FMC- of the scale houses are operated by the state. Okay, that's okay. That's what I was thinking because that's where you get into the state laws because we know Missouri is different from other states, right? Okay. So uh, Buttigieg was a. Uh, he was uh, worked for McKinsey, okay, and he was an investigative intern at uh, the Chicago NBC News affiliate. He uh, worked for several nonprofit groups. He had military I mean, service, and he was the Indiana State Treasurer. And he's mainly all, all of those things very impressive, by the way. Not a right. thing, I'm, not a bad thing to say about the guy. White collar administration, supervisor politics. So you're hope we're hoping he's supervising people that know a little bit more about trucking. That's right. It's uh, to me, it strikes me as a political appointment, and you know, right. I guess that's just the way the game is played. We, I, I pick him out just because he's the guy today. By the well, way, I don't know who the person was before. I, I saw a lady's photo. Um, okay. Yeah. And then right. His homosexuality as if that, <laughs> I, don't I don't care. care. About, I don't care about that stuff either. Okay. So, um, and then I saw a picture of a lady, uh, you know, yeah. random lady and she's, I don't know, high appointment and that's fine too. I think the point is, and you see this with like, uh, like Oida. I, I don't want to speak on their behalf, but I'm just going to say, Oida uh, makes their presence known on the Hill, Capitol Hill. And mm-hmm. it would seem like OIDA has people in their staff with trucking experience. And the question then is wondered, can can we pull some folks <coughs> from trucking experience into politics? And the answer is probably going to be, uh, I'm going to guess no. That's how you ended up with a Senate Georgia committee to investigate uh, driver shortage. No, I'm sure almost nobody knows anything about driver shortage. And that's fine, but that's... What's the difference between the Senate Georgia Committee on Driver Shortage and the FMCSA? Oh, the FMCSA is a nonpartisan regulatory body that is charged by the federal government to keep the interstate system safe. Okay. Uh, they establish the rules and regulations for the for your logs and for the various you know other components that are required. The the Senate uh, Georgia Committee is 
that that might as well be a think tank of people that sit there and come up with with brilliant ideas uh, to try and solve a, an employment crisis that may or may not be there. That that, that they're not okay. the same. No, they don't, I they don't. I realize that. Well, I'm, I'm I'm what I'm doing is I'm talking about something that I mean I'm, it's out of my league to talk about it. But how about ATA? You mentioned ATA and driver shortage. Mm-hmm. I know that's an it's, association. That's not a. That's not a yes. political organization. Well, oh yes, it is. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> oh boy, he stepped in it live. Damn right, it is. OIDA and ATA are absolutely very, very important lobbies in the in uh, in the trucking industry. Um, you know, I I'm not I, I can't take any. Yeah, I, I know nothing enough about there. But to say one way is, or another. I, this is but they the, are very very powerful lobbies in America, so in the halls of politics. Just the complexity of trying to wrap our arms around. A single topic, whether it's driver shortage or unrated carriers. And I saw even in the proposed rulemaking of the uh, new entrant rule, it even said, let me see if I can pull that up. It's This is not even a new, this is like years old. Uh, let's see here. I don't even know where to, you know, because I got all my stuff to sift through. But it, this is years old. Here we go. Oh, I may not have saved it. Oh, here we go. Yeah. The new entrant rulemaking was already, re, that was already addressed in 2009. These, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, this, we're just on this really slow moving barge of, you know, maybe, maybe not. Yep. Yep. Well, nothing. The FMCSA, and that's how we got to seven hundred thousand unrated carriers, right? Well, well, they. It's taken them years to realize that this might be a problem. So maybe we should form a task force to uh, to come up with a solution. And now that it's identified, how we're. I mean, that is going to. How in the heck are you going to tackle seven hundred thousand unrated carriers? Uh, it, You're it, gonna need a task force <laughs> to talk about the task force. Huh. <laughs> yeah, there's no easy way out of that. No easy way through that. Uh, you know, you can draw any conclusions that you you know are that you want from the stuff I've presented here. Um, you know, it's all bits and pieces, and you know, prob- probably just a bunch of fragments and stuff. But I guess the the purpose of me discussing a lot of this and raise is, is really to raise awareness. I mean, if you don't understand this problem, you, you'll never address the problem. And the, the stats that the, that the FMCSA is, is producing definitely indicate there's a problem. And, um, and, and a lot of it probably is their own internal, whether it's their internal uh, resources or internal whatever. There is a problem. I applaud the um, analysis. I always do. I know you've got. I think you've got. Oh yeah. So you got another slide here, right? Where? Yeah, you can throw it up there, which is kind of the, you know my yeah uh, five second take. Well, that's the way to the end a meeting. Is yeah. <laughs> what does it all mean? <laughs> but I, and I think you know I think that uh, these these are just some things that I saw you know as I would go through each of these and honestly I think it really just does boil down to that the carriers that are doing it the right way are at a radical disadvantage to the carriers that that routinely don't 
And unfortunately, that is what we're up against. And if you want to call those those carriers that don't do it the right way, dirtbag carriers, well, then I like your term. <laughs> um, and this still, is this, we're focused on semi-power units, right? I mean, we haven't even... Class A CDL. Right. And there's a breakout of that in go. the uh, in the, the the data that the government shows. And, and if I you, you can go so deep into this that, you know, it twists your mind into all kind of weird things. So I tried to keep it relatively simple for, a, you know, for for today. But, uh, yeah, they do have distinctions between class A, C, L, class B, class C. They do have distinctions between single trucks versus, you know, tractor trailers versus doubles. Um, there's a, a, a stretch, a specific one for buses. Uh, there are obvious reasons for that, I'm quite sure. So, um, yeah, you, you can get pretty deep into the weeds, but on right. the whole, right. uh, what you see here is is it, well, it all trends the same way. So if the, well, and I think what I'm trying to get to, if I can, is if these are the statistics for Class A CDL, think of the statistics of just guys driving trucks, hauling, doing whatever. After Some guy with a truck with a with a with piece yeah. of paper taped to the side window. And, right. <laughs> I mean, well, yep. those statistics would be pretty impressive. Well, you, you know what, what? What what terrifies me is is not the guy driving the truck with the piece of paper taped to the window. What terrifies me is the guy driving the truck with the piece of paper taped to the window that has what used to have a, a sign taped to the door that was very obviously scraped off because the old label doesn't match, you know, can't be used because they had to go to a new, uh, a new DOT number because they probably got disqualified uh, yeah. somewhere along the ways. You know, that's something that I, I pointed out or, or I, th I thought about a lot when I was going through this is <clears throat> nowhere is there any information about how many carriers the FMCSA disqualified, meaning pulled authority said, you're done. You've had way too many violations. You got to go. There's no data on that anywhere. Shouldn't there be? Yeah. It, wouldn't that be a matter of public record? Wouldn't that be in the public's interest to know that FMCSA is doing his job? Yeah. Shouldn't we be holding someone, maybe maybe Pete Buttigieg, accountable for for this if there was a if there was a, a way for us to see that they were actually following through on all this stuff? Today there's not. I think that's a problem. So speaking of Pete Buttigieg, let's do this. What do you think it's like to have that job? I wouldn't even begin to know. I, mean, I wouldn't, I, even I wouldn't either. You get, but, you, know, yeah. you get into transportation, you're talking about all forms of logistics, things that oh I'm not God. even close to understanding, you know, pipelines and that. So, right, so that falls, okay, that falls under the purview of FMCSA, you think? Like, oh, I'm sure. Whoa. Whoa. Maybe not, maybe not DOT. Rail, port, I don't know. Customs. Oh my God! Oh yeah! No wonder. <laughs> That's insane. You bet. And then all the meetings and the glad handing and the favors and the problems and the. Oh yep. my God! But whatever you do, let's just don't let's don't find anybody with any logistics background to put them in that job. Whatever you do. Well, that's <laughs> that's the thing. See, and this actually, this is a great way to end it because my pessimism of why well, I don't know why anybody wants to get into government work. <laughs> you yeah i mean what i, I what comment. i mean what i mean is 
you know, visible politics. You yeah. gotta be man crazy. You do have yeah. to be crazy. You have to either be somewhat narcissistic. This isn't I mean I'm just or saying, idealistic. Well, there we go. Thank you. I think see that's much better. But even when I watch the primaries, I'm thinking, why is everybody up there? Let's do Nikki Haley. What the heck does she really want? What does she want? What does Kamala Harris want? Why are you doing this? Because doing, word, doing nonsensical word salad at different random events can't be what you were looking for. Can't be. I, I, I wish them all the best of luck. I sound like a, a guest on Gutfeld, but I mean, you know, this is nuts. <laughs> okay. Um, final thoughts. That was actually pretty fun. Sue, it's all you. That's <laughs> it, my piece. Oh, yes. No, Sue, it's all you, you, Joe. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't want that one. I, I think, I really think that I'm a huge believer in training and education. Um, and there's no short way to train. There's no short way to educate. And unfortunately, uh, it usually takes longer than an election cycle to make all those kinds of things happen. Um, but I think that's the path out is training and education. And I think that we need to do a better job of equipping our enforcement people. And I mean that not just on the regulatory level for trucking, but a lot of enforcement. Uh, we have to do a better job of training and equipping our enforcement people to meet the expectations of you know, that we should have the highest expectations that we should have. We're the richest and greatest country in the world, and and you know, we're looking at our own statistics and going. <laughs> okay, that's good. And I, my final thought is I, so I'm going to go on the other side. I want more random people doing random learning. I, I don't know, maybe I, it's clearly I have a screw loose. Because I learn things <laughs> randomly just because I think that it's, I don't know, it's interesting. I just research, I'll research because I, well, I, I just want to know something. I wish that was more contagious. And maybe it is, I don't know. But well, you have to do. You have to be willing to declutter the information and go go deeper than and, just and I don't you know, mean the first three Google searches. The latest and greatest avocado pasta recipe. I mean something that pertains to what it is you're doing each day, right? Random mm -hmm. learning about what it is that you should probably know a little bit more about. And if you choose a profession, then your your learning should be much more targeted. And we we like to criticize lawyers, and when I say we, I mean everybody, but they have continuing education requirements, always learning more. Always. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you don't do that, I think you lose I don't know what. Yeah, you might. Probably, yeah. But you have to engage. You can't just pass the bar and then kick back with Twinkies. I'm sure somebody's doing it. <laughs> because it's but, an ever changing environment. Yeah. You know who else is? Healthcare is the same way. Computer programmers are the same way. Applications programmers are the same way. Even hardware people in, in, the, in the IT field is the same way. If you don't have a constant update of your certifications, then, then you, you fall go. behind. It's even and the industry just passes you by. Yeah. Even beauticians do be, more research. Yeah, they than have the to average. have every. Well, they have to have continuing classes. There so there's go. a lot of lot of jobs out there that. And, do and that. I don't yeah. mean more laws and more task forces. I just mean more desire. More desire. Oh yeah. No. But. Okay. 
Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> Solved. <laughs> glad I can help Pete you with that. Yeah, man. Hey, this was great. Um, Joe, uh, I thank you for your service. I thank you for your contribution, your time, <laughs> and your ideas. And so keep them coming. Let me know when we can do the next one. You bet. Thanks for having me. I Thanks appreciate so it. Thanks so much, Joe. All right. See you, Joe. See you guys. All right. Later. All right. And there he is. They let him go. Um, you know, I was going to hang, I was going to keep him on for, but I, you know, at some point I feel guilty. I got to let, I got to get, let the guest go, but let me share this. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I don't think this needs much introduction. Okay. Wow. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. I don't two? understand how it's that good at doing it. Yeah. I don't. I'm trying to figure out, I mean, the cameras and the sensors and the, I mean, who the heck made this thing? It's, it's kind of brilliant. Sure, it's, it's scary. It's China again. But it's, <laughs> look at that. I know. That is nuts. Whoa. So, okay, so yeah, I watched it. I always watch a video again to like, make sure that I didn't like, you know, miss something. But when you think about it, not only is it fast. Uh -huh. It's efficient, it's organized, and, you know, you, it's nobody's toe is in the way, my hand didn't get caught. Kind of crazy. And that's a lot of those little boxes. Now, okay, different you're going to, you, well, you're, you're assuming that every box is the same, and I'm right. sure I can come with all kinds of reasons why this isn't the right. greatest and all that stuff. But then I thought, well, let's, Jay, let's go a little bit further. Let's look at this video. It's kind of similar in, in a in a techie fashion. Um, Everything's a box and it's just in real time and you have some more different sized boxes, but it's just analyzing boxes and making determinations. Um and oh, by the way, yeah, this is autonomous vehicle. I mean, this is why when people are like, "Well, autonomous vehicles will never happen." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> they already are. Of course it's going to happen. <laughs> and there's and people are having parades because there's been Tesla fires and all this stuff or whatever. And I don't care. But uh it's it's here, it's happening. So all right, let's take those two videos and I don't have I don't have a video of a car hauler being loaded by a robot or robot cars loading a car hauler, but you see where I'm headed. Yeah. It's not impossible. No. It's going to happen. Whether if they, they drag themselves, themselves or load themselves. Up, yeah, they can, they're going to figure this out. Do parallel parking, then they can, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Because we've all seen the commercial where there's, it's, I don't know, it's like one one lady and she's been cloned into four ladies and she's in an SUV and they're, you know, having a great time and her car's parking itself. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And that's, yeah, we have that, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, and then it's not just Tesla. It's other, I mean, I think they were advertising. Oh, yeah. You know, no, it was in a Ford like... or a Chevy uh, right before Christmas that would um, drive itself, if I'm not mistaken. Um, <laughs> pretty sure you're right. Yeah, that live chats did. Um, that's a, so, uh, yeah. Um, and I, and I, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what the point of all that was, but I see some of these videos and I'm like, yeah, 
Yeah, this should tell us something. Oh, I just want to share this. Guy asked, how does the nine car hauling truck get all the new cars? And I didn't fully understand, but I was talking about, okay, you know, like, is he asking how you get into nine car hauling or how a nine car hauler gets the cars? So my answer was about automakers traditionally want nine car haulers picking up and delivering their cars because we're talking hundreds of cars at a time because it's an automaker. Um, but those most of those nine car haulers, I think, are company drivers. And in fact, Joe, Midwestern Car Carriers, he serves contracts with nine car haulers for automakers with company drivers. Now, you can be an independent nine car hauler, but that's a little bit different of a picture because now you're searching for loads like everybody else. And what you're really searching for is relationships yes. rather than right trying to find a nine car load every day. Who can I work with? And, and then they can just feed me jobs. Right. right. The problem is a lot of these don't understand that when you go to do start doing OEM, basically, is what we're talking about. Yeah. You have to have been in business for a certain length of time. Like I had a guy yeah. that was a nine car and they wouldn't let him haul until he was two years established. So you can't just go out there and work for these companies that do this, unfortunately. I totally agree with you. And that is, I, I, I don't know, uh, put that on the list of things not mentioned in the YouTube video. Right. Right. True. Yeah, because, absolutely. yeah, no, you can't, you are not. And you're not going to get your trailer and then, you you know, spend all the money on the marketing and walk into Ford. Right. And say, okay, I'm ready. Give me a load. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, <laughs> and the reason they will say, they will, the reason they'll look at you strange is because, well, if they were to work with you, then they would need like 500 other guys like you. And who's going to manage all that? Right. Who's going to manage 500 independent contractors? No. That's why brokers exist. That's why large brokerages serve automakers because they'll handle managing 500 dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I hope that helps. Hey, my name's Joel. I'm eager to bring my 10 years of experience in call centers to a dynamic role within dispatch business for car haulers. I, honestly, I think that's interesting. He also speaks Spanish, and I thought, well, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So, and Carling Dispatcher Training Series is apparently one of my most watched videos, oh. which is also interesting. I put a lot of time into it, so that's nice. Yeah. Um, but I, I so what, 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 what's your feedback? What's your take on this comment? Well, I mean, I've been, I've had a lot of people contact me lately about being a dispatcher um, and getting set up through me. I'm just trying to still find drivers. I mean, they're just not out there. And I will say the fact that you speak Spanish will help immensely um, because That's there's a I lot of them out there that I would do put, not speak English. I yeah. speak Spanish. I would literally put that first. Yeah, I think and so, too. I, yeah. I, I'm telling you right now, I tell my boys, learn Spanish. Hey. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And they, you know, Spanish 1, Spanish 2 in high school. But I, you know, Spanish 59, get there. Yeah. And, and I, I, is it a problem that I even said that? No, I mean, there's a lot of drivers out there that cannot speak English. I hate to say that, but it's true. We get them all the time. And they hire dispatchers for that reason alone. Um, 
I and I've worked with Spanish speech, but I do not speak Spanish. We had to work it out, you know what I mean. But it would definitely be easier for somebody who speaks Spanish, and it would also help them explain situations that are going on. Like when he's arriving to deliver a car, he's not supposed to do a certain thing, or he's supposed to talk to a certain person, or you know, it, it, just so this guy knows he'll be handling most of that stuff. Um, so it, it's more work, too. They got to look at it that way. It's more work because you're going to have to be the mouthpiece for that driver basically you're going to be doing all of that work that a normal driver would do when they call in and say where do i park you know who do i need to speak to how do i get paid you're going to be handling all of that so he needs to keep in mind that part of it too well so okay and now you just so this is good i'm really glad we're diving into this because now how are you going to get compensated for all that time you spent communicating exactly. You, you almost no have to charge idea. more. Yeah, I mean, you, I hate to say it, but you have to charge more. And they're going to say, I can't pay that. Right. They're going to say, typically what I hear anymore is I don't have enough money to run. Right. I'm like, well, I can't afford what are you doing it? And, and so, and this gets back yeah. into the original problem of you can't work for one carrier. Mm-hmm. So this whole bonafide Same. stuff is silly. Yeah. Um, you... If you're going to make a living, and and so this is, this is I guess this is my feedback. If you're going to make a living in dispatch, mm-hmm. you're going to need what you need at least five carriers, right? And it's full time. You yep. literally won't be doing anything else. No. And you're right? you're either getting loads, verifying loads, checking on accounting, checking in with your driver, and that's more than forty hours a week of a five car. If you have five cars, uh, hauler, I mean five carriers. Sorry, you're talking way more time. You, I would say sixty to seventy hours a week minimum. And plus all of those little micro communications. Mm-hmm. You can't park there. The guy said this. Don't do yep. that. Yep. This is what this means. Uh, it is. And so, but, uh, I also had somebody, uh, somebody was worried. I posted this video about a broker acquiring another broker. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw this. Uh -uh. And, uh, somebody saying like Motway buying out auction direct. Is that what you mean? Something like that. That is almost exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) I mean, but that's already happened. Right. 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 But right. there is what's going to happen is giant broker A is going to acquire giant broker B this year. Mm-hmm. And I believe so it. The question, oh, it's going to happen. Uh, I, I In fact, see more. Yeah. I'm actually wondering how many times it'll happen. Right. There's I'm, no right. way there's enough work for all these giant brokers. Huh? It's not. So, so I I'm, so I made a video about this, and somebody said, uh. Well, gosh, Jay, uh, do I work for that broker? And I, I have yet to have any follow-up on that conversation. But the reason they were worried is because... Payment? Well, so their work for potential acquired broker mm-hmm. doesn't pay very well. Ah. And they don't want to suddenly be left holding With the bag. Uh, because we know that in acquisitions... See, this is the problem, too, in corporate acquisitions. The reason a company acquires another company is to make money and become more efficient. Right. And how do you do that? Cut costs. Cut costs. That's exactly right. And cost being 
probably the transporters income right yeah. people yeah. so um they didn't want to be and but the what caught my eye was a little bit of information about what they get paid and what they do and it's all it's hard this is why this this idea that dispatchers are the problem my goodness oh my yeah. gosh because uh the amount of different types of jobs that are in the squeeze of like there's no money left for you that person right. whoever um apparently it's not just dispatchers for carriers this example was a person working for a broker that is living on commission not even salary i guess to find potential clients oh i know for the He's, broker right oh wow can you imagine that job no and here's the problem. How do you, if you work for Broker B and you're talking to a potential client, how do you explain that you're different from all the other 400 brokers? Right. And that's there is that's no difference. What we were talking about, yeah, like when we're giving quotes, how do you compete? You, it's it's impossible. Somehow. I'm gonna share. Okay, I'm gonna do this. This is this will be fun. I just saw this today. I was going to wait till Tuesday night, but gosh darn it, I think they've earned it. Here it comes. Ready? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but nobody can haul for them. <laughs> okay, well, there's, there's, and that's a totally different point, but let's just... Let's just hone in on. So is this tech for getting clients or is this tech for our bill of lighting? I saw and this what? on LinkedIn. And seriously, you think anybody has a computer like that anymore? <laughs> well, obviously, it's, a, you know, it's an exaggeration I mean, to make I a know. point. I know we're having fun. But <laughs> but but you have asked a reasonable question. But, okay. So, I mean, like, let's talk Easy Dispatch. Have you seen Easy Dispatch lately? No. Okay. Do you know why? Why? Because it's old technology. Let's go to it. Easy Dispatch. This is why I can't understand. I would think I would think there'd be so many people out there that can't get enough ATI because what we're doing right now, you can't. The, the reason I'm able to make shows like this is because nobody owns this channel because if they did they wouldn't let me do this you can't do that jay you can't you know talk yeah. about our marketing and make analogies of common sense you can't do that see look at easy dispatch easy dispatch is from the 90s i believe it could be 80s wow and that's why it looks that way and that's fine this is early technology so i guess Easy Dispatch is the tech they're talking about. I guess. I'm just, you know, spitballing. But my point is, is that, okay, so their tech is clearly, oh, well, this guy's tech is clearly better than their tech. Okay, so this is the differentiation sales point in this marketing material. Is it true? Hmm. Let's pass. Don't ask me that, Jay. Um, but how, but do, do you think it's, I mean, 
What's the difference? A mobile app's a mobile app. A TMS is a TMS. I mean, how different can they be? If I'm the customer, I'm going to say that. Uh, yeah, there's like 20 different car hauling mobile apps. How different can they be? Well, they're really different. Okay. All right. Well, do you have to... Well, you know what it really comes down to? Are your carriers better? Isn't that what we, what I really care about? Well, you would think. What do I care if your mobile app is a little bit shinier? I What I care about is that the cars get delivered... Safely. Yeah. That's not, not what I, that's what I care yeah. about. And on so time. Is yeah. that what's... And I realize that there's a different piece of advertising material for that. But my, po my whole point is... There are now so many brokers. How do they even differentiate? I don't know how they do it. I, I And I'd hate to be trying to do that. I would hate for that to be my job. In fact, now, so I just signed up for, in my next life, that will be my job. Is to try <laughs> to explain the difference of why, uh, you know, why we're better than the other guy with the same... The exact same carriers. Don't they all have access to the same carriers? Yeah, well, yes. Pretty much? Yes. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Whoever can get additional insured or whatever it was. And the only reason I chose that ad, just in case anybody knows, I'm going to get an email and a letter and a phone call, is that that was one of the ads that I saw when I was getting ready for the show. I literally, I'm on LinkedIn, and I mean, I just see ad after ad after ad of car shipping companies just blitzing LinkedIn with how different they are and how great they are. And literally after a while, I mean, if I was a customer, I'd be like, how do I know the yeah. difference? Why, why, why are you continuing to spam my LinkedIn scroll with images that I don't, I mean, I, I have no idea what the difference is. And I think this is why companies spend so much money at trade shows by the way i'll share this and then i gotta let you guys go this is i've had too much fun uh stellantis i just read this this okay this is shocking stellantis is reconsidering participation in auto shows to save costs do you know how much money stellantis drops at trade shows do you know what that will do to the income the revenue of a trade show if an automaker like Stellantis says yeah we're gonna skip it do you know what will happen to trade shows if several automakers do this what? we're talking cha-ching 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 that's so much cha-ching we're gonna have to cut costs hmm. I found that fascinating and I think that's why, you know, in the, you know, I, I wouldn't you say, I know that nobody likes the recession word. Right. So, so I won't say it again. But right. don't you think we're in something? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can feel it, Our right? interest rates wouldn't be this high. Our food wouldn't be this high. I mean, it's just yeah. crazy. We're kind of in something. And, uh, oh, no way. Togoat. Wow. Togoat left a... Uh, Left the present on the mat. Thank you, Togoat. I can't even bring up the because this. See, this was this is the live chat of the pre-scheduled stream, and I checked with the company in the in their help chat.
to make sure I'd be able to do what I needed to do today. And it's not their fault. Actually, you know what? I'll bet if if I was more diligent, check this out. Give me two seconds, and I think I think I just figured something out. Let's see if I click here. Check this out. Okay, and there, yeah, that's me talking. By the way, if you got an extra like, leave one for Sue and Joe. Leave me out of it. I don't deserve it, but they do. Sue and Joe deserve your likes. So thank you so much. Ah, there it is, Dane. So there's the current YouTube live chat, and Togoat is making martinis in the super chat. So thank you, Togoat. Appreciate that. So I'm still learning how to uh, to buy stream. Oh my gosh, I don't even know if you can say that. I just got canceled for saying buy streaming. <laughs> like nobody's happy. People that aren't into buy streaming aren't happy. People that are are into buy streaming, they're offended because I said buy streaming. Then what about try streaming, Jay? You oh you're not. What about quad streaming? And what about us and penta streaming? Oh my gosh, we can't even get started. Sue. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Thank you for another fantastic day. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. It's going to get weird. It's 2024. Oh, well, there you go. Our first show of 2024. <laughs> I'll blame it on 2024. I'm I'm fine. I took my meds. It was 2024. <laughs> All right. All right, what do we say, office? What do we say, office? Goodbye, Sue. Goodbye, Sue. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate you. We'll see you again soon. Take care.